Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds Podcast. I am your host, Steve McNamee in Ohio, and my host, co-host on the highway is Charlie Lambricks. Charlie, I suppose you are on your way back home from an exciting day in Utah, correct? Uh, it's always an exciting day in Utah, and yes, I am traveling down I-15 at 70 miles per hour. I am in the passenger seat, so I'm being safe here, but yeah, a busy day in Utah, and uh, have to multitask here recording the podcast. Yeah, no, but, don't act like you haven't. You you have podcasted while you've driven before, correct? Or do you not want uh, to admit it? You know what? We tried once. And it kept cutting out, so we, we scrapped it, but we tried. Okay. Well, I have. I have podcasted oh. while I've driven. Oh, did you just use your knees to steer then, or how did yeah, you Yeah, I mean, I, have, I, uh, I, I used my knees to steer. Um, you know, I, I, I held my drink um, in one hand, and I kind of, you know, just sort of – I was driving a stick at the time, so I was eh. – Anyways, your fault that you were not driving a stick and recording a podcast at the same time, were you? No, that is that is true. I was not. I was, I was embellishing a little bit just for effect, but well, you called me out on it. That's what I do. Uh, I'm not feeling well, Steve. I'm a little <laughs> no. under the weather. It's the middle of the summer, and I have a cold. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's that interesting sounds, though, and has a running running perspective on it is that yesterday I felt fine except for my run. I did an early morning run, and I was pushing the little guy in a stroller, but it was just difficult and challenging and unenjoyable. And uh, I didn't feel sick the rest of the day, but then woke up in the middle of the night with, uh, you know, a cold sweat, freezing, and um, body aches and stuff, and I've I've got a cold. So um, it's interesting, though, that the run kind of, uh, what is the word, predicted it or came it's so a, much it, it, Yeah. Came so I'm, much I'm familiar. I'm familiar with this, uh, this phenomenon. Wait, it, I, what's the word? Foreshadowed, uh, my driver. Foreshadowed. Told me. Okay. I thought she was going to give me a medical term for it, um, but no, she just said foreshadowed. That's, that's an English term. That's uh, literary. Yeah, so it's kind of bittersweet. I mean, it, it always stinks to be sick. And I had to skip my run this morning, um, which I, I never like doing. But um, it's, I, I am relieved that I have a reason for why my run went so badly and felt so terrible. I was struggling, uh, Steve, to, to keep nine-minute pace. Um, so <laughs> it was concerned, but it turns out I'm sick. Wow. So uh, it, that's fascinating because I really think there is such a thing as running induced sickness. I think running at times can induce sickness. I had one over, I was fine. I, I, I had a few drinks the night before I celebrated heaven knows what. And uh, I woke up the next day feeling okay to run. And after the run, I had a hangover. It, wow. it was like, uh, yeah. So um, I have gotten sick after a run before when I felt fine. Um, so do you think the running actually may have caused my cold? I don't know. I mean, foreshadowing is probably a good word. Induced. <laughs> it, it's, it's possible. I don't. I don't know what what happens inside our bodies with those little uh, those little cells and T cells and and viruses fighting, and, and then the the run just screws everything up and. And the virus wins suddenly. I don't know. It, it, I was like know. assuming that I felt well enough to be not exerting myself, but um, to actually run is when, you know, it would be apparent. But I don't know yeah. anything. I'm not a doctor. Well, I but think we're – we, we, we really – <laughs> I couldn't run today, and I don't know if I can run tomorrow. So that's got me Ooh, all crazy as we can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that I, now listen, I, I, as far as running induced things, I had a running induced, this is going to sound weird, but it's a running induced injury, but it wasn't from running per se. 
but last week I ran, I found, I felt fine. And then afterwards my back tightened up. Now, normally that sort of thing running really kind of helps out, loosens up, you know, things that are tight. And I went in the opposite direction and I had to miss a race the next day. So I think so. the point of this is you shouldn't run. It's just going to get you sick and get you injured. <laughs> I, I, it's probably not the wrong advice, but I, I think we sometimes give a little too much credit to running. We think it's the, the end all and be all that it, it always improves our mood. It always makes us feel better. Um, it always makes us feel stronger and more confident. And sometimes running is an absolute disaster. And yeah, screws I mean, us up. When, when it's, goes well it does all those things it yeah. makes us feel better uh makes us just more enjoyable to be around but when it's not going well we can't do it we're yeah. miserable we're oh, miserable been, yeah you get pissy right you've been you've come home from a run pissy when when you know, something goes not your way and and uh you turn into a little like a four-year-old I, i've done it a million times i do it all summer long in fact charlie all summer long I am just in the worst mood every time I run and I convince myself the next day will be better. And I get so hot and miserable and in, in the humidity. What's that? At baseline, at baseline, Steve, though, you're, you're a fairly pleasant person. So I guess I'm told when, when these things go wrong, you just become <laughs> a little cranky. My baseline is um, fairly irritated uh, so <laughs> it's really downhill when I don't get my runs in. Wow. I, I would have, see, I would, I would say that I'm a more irritated person in general than, than you are based on really on sample. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I get, I'm running to me, I think helps my, my overall general outlook on things. And I've noticed when, when I have to go time, like an injury, that sort of thing, uh, you know, I, I get I get pissy, and when I don't get pissy, when I'm running, so it's fascinating. It's an experiment I don't want to undertake, but I really believe that. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm quick to be irritated. I'm ill-tempered. Um, I'm I'm that perfect combination of German Irish that uh, is I'm just the the worst of those two heritages um, mixed together in this this pot of. Um, irritation and quick temper well now that i think about it steve the only time i'm really around you is we're either running yeah drink, drinking or <laughs> recording the podcast and you kind of have to be pleasant in all those scenarios so yeah you might be a nightmare outside of those parameters yeah you do have to try no no listen i was going to ask you and this is i i didn't preview anything that we we're going to talk about and I don't even, did we even show prep? I'm not even sure, but I was uh, going to ask you this question. Unusual. Uh, no more than usual. Most, most episodes have a theme or a, a main topic. This one does not. This well, is... it's fascinating. You started with all of this because I was going to ask you this question. And the question is, have you ever had just an angry run? Like, have you ever just run in anger? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I've, I've been frustrated and and uh, with work or life or something, and yeah, and for a run to cool off the the equivalent of punching a pillow or something of that sort. Yeah, why have you? Well, that's funny because my run this today this morning was an absolutely angry run. It was like all these things just started coming out, and it was a group run. So the fun of it was that the group had to come with me. I just, I just took them down this rabbit hole of hatred and we were just busting out really fast smile splits, just one after another before I finally got out of my system. But as you know, I, I, what, I, I, we, what's that? What had you so worked up? Oh, just things. And, and as you know, like my, my mother, I, we, we've been putting her into assisted living and we've been going through a nightmare with, with that situation. So that's been on my, my, my mind. Um, running has not gone well. It's been so hot and humid here. I just don't enjoy it. I, I get very irritated by that. And, and today was just the perfect combination of cool weather. Um, I finally felt fit for the first time in, in weeks, Charlie, it's been weeks since I've felt decent. So um, you let out some frustration. I did. Just it was just the perfect, the perfect uh, 
combination of factors that today I really felt like I could let loose. And uh, as you know, you, we run together. I'm not normally that one. I am the I am the slow one of my group. And uh, today I, I I was I was thrilled to be able to quit the pace. Yeah, nice. Well, good for you. I think sometimes <laughs> that happens. Not so much the you know the anger part of it, but the um, when it's just been dreadful weather, just hot, yeah. humid, terrible, and you still keep staying consistent and then when it finally cools uh you can run really fast i think that just goes to show you kind of the training you're putting your body through by tolerating that bad stuff so then when you know that weight is taken off your shoulders metaphorically speaking you do move a lot faster so oh, yeah. i think you so you even though you're all these summer runs have been frustrating and they're not going as well as you like probably on the inside in terms of your uh, running ability, you, you still are improving or at least maintaining the fitness you, you've had. So that's kind of a silver lining, right? It is. And this is a cycle, Charlie, every year that, that I think I would say I go through, but I think a lot of, a lot of my uh, Midwest compatriots go through where it's just running is just misery just run after run in the heat and the humidity and just kind of by accident, despite everything you get in shape, you just don't get to see it until that magical day when you wake up and it's 55 degrees with the humidity in the fifties and, and you can really just let loose. So fitness happens, whether we like it or not, as long as we stick with it. And that's, that's my positive message. But um, I think today I even outran my fitness a little bit just because I had so much just, just bile to to let off in in my system and and it was kind of nice i got done and I, I really felt i felt the catharsis that i haven't felt in a long time running especially well good we were just kind of complaining and moaning there a bit and it turns out uh we ended up with a positive spin on all this <laughs> I guess i'm yeah. gonna bring it right back down though okay and Steve, let's pause right there. We got to pick up some pizza. Just turn around, please. Turn. Just do a U-turn. I know exactly where it is. We got. We're picking up some pizza, and I will send you a link in a okay, couple. Okay. Don't. Minutes. You got to edit. Don't. Do not edit out the pizza part, though. I got. That's got to stay in. That's. That's too good. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll All see. Right. All right. Bye. We're back, and uh, I'm. I'm going to bring irritability again because I have a. Uh, uh, Strava horror story. At least it is from my perspective. Um, I have this Strava segment on my work uh, route. Uh, I'm lucky to be able to run at lunch at work. And, yeah, uh, we have showers and stuff, so and it just it just works. So I got a six mile route. I do with a couple buddies at work. Um, and on it, there's a great segment because it's um, a loop around a man-made, I'll call it a pond. They probably call it a lake, but it's just a 0.6-mile loop around this um, pond. And it's, uh, it's called the Bird Poop Loop, and aptly named, uh, I may say, uh, a lot of geese <laughs> and a lot of yeah, the geese. bird poop to, uh, to avoid. <laughs> sorry, just giving my driver. I'm sorry. <laughs> she keeps. You are, I'm your passenger. You're okay. Giving my wife instructions. I like to call her. Yeah, drive. Yep. That's that's yep. Drive from the passenger seat. That's that's what guys do. Drive Gotta have control. Gotta be a control freak. Man, that was a pretty good line. Did you hear it? Oh shoot! Was that the pizza? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. All right. The things are getting a little wild on this side. How are you over there? I am. I'm sitting in my garage. I'm halfway through an odd sides Colch beer. Fantastic. It's peaceful. Yeah. Could be nicer. I'm sure. All the cheese just slid off the top of my cheese pizza. But, um, okay. So 0.6 mile bird poop loop. Um, it's, it's one of these ones that it's fast. The crown is fast. Somebody, there's a lot of hotels right there, and somebody came in from out of town and uh, took it with like a five minute pace. Five minute wow. even is the pace okay. for this 0.6 mile segment. Uh, I've shot 
for this thing twice now. Uh, both times uh, came up short. The second time, like two seconds short. Well, mm. the other day I felt good. I had two days off just because I had some traveling. Uh, it was only 92 degrees as opposed to 100 something. Uh, so it actually felt pleasant, believe it or not. And I decided to go for it. And uh, it's kind of tricky, too, because there's some steps. There's, like, this platform you have to go up on and then run on the grass to get back on the, the path. And there's often pedestrians and, of course, as the name implies, uh, goose poop everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm moving on this thing. I know it's a five-minute pace. And I'm in the 450s uh, throughout this loop. I get to that last stretch. I think it says, like, 457. And I start really pumping the elbows and running as fast as I can. Because uh, this is the... And uh, I get to yeah. the end of the loop. And the end of the loop goes out into a road. Uh, a street, really. But anyway, I'm sprinting through the end of this loop. I get to the road. I get into the shoulder of the road and finally kind of look up and see that there's a car coming. Uh, that is probably slowing down and is probably very concerned because this man is sprinting towards the road uh, and then <laughs> stops abruptly. And then just out of habit, I turned my um, watch off at that point because I knew I had to wait for my buddy who was, who was running with me. Um, so anyway, we finished the run. I feel terrible. <laughs> it yeah. is 92 degrees and this is an absolute all-out top effort. Uh, so the rest of the run is brutal. I take a shower. I'm still sweating afterwards, as happens when it's that warm. And uh, I get back to my desk at work, grab my phone to see it upload, and uh, it says my achievement uh, isn't even a crown. It's just got a PR on the segment. And I'm <laughs> annoyed because i was running a 456 pace the pace is five minutes i know there isn't some kind of weird tangents going on i'm like oh god what happened and then when i pull it up it actually says i share the crown even though on the run it didn't give me the little icon uh, but it says i tied the time and it says i ran a five minute pace as that person did i'm like ah that's odd um i really pushed hard for this i wish i would have just gotten it outright i want this out of town person to get the email saying oh no somebody stole your crown uh, yeah but alas that didn't that didn't happen but it gets worse steve this is where the real track i look at my effort on the segment and the last i dropped from a sub five minute pace to a 28-minute mile pace. 28 minutes per mile So in pace. other words, yeah. So in other words, short. you had to cross the road. I think so. I think so. You, then, uh, yeah, analyze oh. the segment more, the finish line, the little checkered dot, is out in the road. So I don't even know <laughs> why it even registered for me at all or how I even got it because i turned around after i got to the shoulder it's not like i went further out so i don't know if after a couple seconds it just kind of said okay he's close enough given that he finished the segment because i i think i had it by two or three seconds you know which isn't a lot yeah. but it's enough right it's and, a, uh, a cruel twist of age charlie uh, what could i have done though there was cars coming i you know, I, I could have gotten the segment, but, you know, died from a vehicle or collision on foot. Well, you don't know that you would have died. I mean, there was, I mean, no, injuries are possible, but I mean, died is a strong word. Now I can, I can tell you, I, I, a similar situation a while back, I think it's been a year or so, but I went for a crown and that ended on a road similar to that. And I wasn't exactly sure where it ended, but I have seen this happen where somebody goes for a crown and then they stop short. And in this case, my friend, Michael, he actually just waited for the group to catch up because we weren't going for the crown. So he, as he stood there with his watch stopped, 
the Strava doesn't, you know, f- recognize a watch stopping. So it, it just kept, so it wasn't even, he didn't even get a top 10 effort after he went for this particular crown. So my strategy was when I get to the end, even if I didn't want to cross, I still feel like I need to clear the area because I think, I think Strava segments have a tolerance where you don't, you might not need to finish, but even if you come close, it'll recognize it, but you've got to get like clear of that area. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? I probably stood there in the road long enough. Yeah. Be walking just a little bit, maybe even walking the opposite direction for that 28 minute mile. But, Oh, it was a, it was brutal. I'm glad I at least tied it. <laughs> you know, that gives me a little confidence with cooler weather. I can go get it. But that's the third time I tried to get this segment and, and didn't just <laughs> take it outright, uh, doing my absolute highest effort and just having to really pay for it. I remember the rest of the run kept telling my buddy Jake, he was running with me, I better have this segment. If I don't have this segment, <laughs> this is not worth it. I was just dying, dying. But, and that's yeah, funny. One time, and that's absolutely right, Steve, that Strava doesn't care what your watch says your pace is or whether it's even uh, on or stopped because um, all it does is it has a geographic location and a timestamp of when you start and then yep. the same when you end. And I know this is true because one time I was going for a segment and I thought it started further up the road and I did one of these where I really wanted it and it was a steep hill so I wanted to catch my breath first so I ran to you know I thought giving a wide berth of where the start is stopped my watch caught my breath and then started and it turns out I was already middle of the segment (laughs) it started like a hundred yards back or something so I huge dip in the middle where my my watch was off and I wasn't, wasn't even moving. Segments are cruel. And I don't think you can, you can do enough preparation, Charlie, to, if you're really going to go for it where you need to just go all out. I don't think you can do enough like pre-work, pre-surveying preparation to make sure that no like procedural hijinks take place. Because when you're doing that, if you're going all out, you do not want to risk some little glitch in your planning to, to take over and be the story that you tell, like you are in this case. And I also wonder how often my watch, I don't know, lack of a better term, like pings the satellites. Cause when I do the analyze. Only gives my pace after every four seconds. Yeah. So assuming that's how often my watch pings or like connects with the satellite and four seconds is a lot. Anything, you know, less than even a mile, uh, four seconds could definitely be the difference between getting. I, I'm almost so, uh, curious to see if I can change that. Um, I'm sure that reduces battery life, but something I might have to uh, look into. Well, maybe what if I'm hearing you right, what you might have to do is when you think you get to the end of the segment, you have to sustain an extra four seconds just for that tolerance. Is that correct? Is yeah. that what you're saying right now at this point? Or I'm wondering if the best I can possibly do on a segment is a multiple of four seconds that it won't even recognize me as across it until it gets that ping that's on the other side, if you will. I'll have to look, see if any of my second segments are, if all of my segments are in four second increments. <laughs> Probably. It's possible. Now I, I went for a segment. We were, I was on a vacation and I Strava now has this, this cool little tool that shows you all the nearby segments that, that you have a shot at. Have you seen this? I've looked at the segment explore, but this sounds more um, personalized. Well, it is, but it's personalized based on your, what did it predict your predicted pace and what it'll show you is where you have a chance of either a top 10 or where you have a chance at a crown that's hilarious so and that is an explorer so yeah give that a look but so we were on vacation and of course you know i don't i don't know the locality but um 
it, it I, so I did the segment Explorer and it gave me just a list of segments, but it, it said, you know, you are this far away from this, this far, you know, how, I mean, what, what it predicted I would end up in the top 10. So of those, I found one that I really thought I could go after, which I did, but it was, it was similar. I think I had your story without hearing your story, but I had it in the back of my mind that I have a chance with this segment and I don't want anything to go wrong. And the segment itself was just one stretch of road, which I believe was like six tenths of a mile is somewhere in, in distance to what you just described. But I made sure that before I hit that segment, I was jogging. And then when I was maybe 20 yards away, that's when I began, you know, my, my windup. Well, then when I got into the meat of the segment, ran it as hard as I can. And then when I got to the end, which there was a, a left turn I had to make to get off of that segment. I continued down the left turn, even though it wasn't part of the segment, but I gave myself a good 10 more seconds of just hammering away as hard as I could, even though by that I was ready to quit. But really? Just in case, yeah. I, I mean, I try to build in that tolerance because like I said, Strava is, Strava is just stupid. It just, it, it penalizes you for, for poor planning and it's not fair. But life isn't fair, is it, Charlie? It's funny. Like, we're complaining about these um, potential pitfalls of Strava segments, um, completely ignoring the incredible technology it is to even have them work as well as they do. <laughs> That's true, but I don't – After if when you put forth that kind of effort, you don't go, okay, but – this is really cool. <laughs> I'm impressed you're able to keep doing a hundred percent effort when you are fairly certain you're done with the segment because I can keep moving, but I am just so dead at that point. There's no way I can keep uh, that run through the finish line. Uh, yeah. in 10 more seconds. I grabbed, well, going, but- yeah, I told you I was traveling. So I, I did the same thing. I did an explore and and there was a perfect one. It was a um, very obvious start and finish. It starts at a corner, finishes at the end of um, this, uh, this like running path. It was just perfectly obvious. And once I hit the end of that uh, running path, uh, I did a handful of more steps and it was a jog at that point. I was just so, knacker at that point so i think it's impressive you're able to do what you did well the the term always impressed me what's wait i want to hear how i impress you again that you can keep running hard even (laughs) you're after your segment so des linden has something that she calls a strava i have seen on runs where You've seen this too, Charlie. Somebody ends at a number like 6.99 miles or 9.99 where their watch will say 10 miles, but Strava takes away that, that one one hundredth. Have you had this happen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I yeah. always run through. I always add on steps and steps. Today, I, when I got to 10 miles, I actually took 10 extra steps. That was what I consider the Strava tax. So, um, so you got to yeah, apply. To everything, segments, runs, everything. Just give a little bit extra so you get it all. I've seen a guy that has had multiple 19.9 because Strava, of course, uh, when they show your run, they round to the nearest uh, tenth of a mile, not even hundredth, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's tenth. And I was like, why would you allow yourself to have multiple 19.9 mile runs? Yeah. That is not acceptable. <laughs> That is, that's when you just stop giving kudos. Like, come on guy, figure this out. <laughs> but now I've had the Strava attacks burn me in the worst way in, in terms of uh, taking away a Strava PR. And this happened in a 5k, my fastest 5k. I got to the finish line and I have learned to check my watch to make sure my watch says, you know, the given distance. So in this case, I looked down and it did say 3.10. So I figure I was good. And when I uploaded it to Strava, Strava tacked me and called it 3.09. And I did not get my, my PR on Strava. So I did not, my 5k PR on Strava is not my 5k PR in, in real life, which is absolutely sad. Run is on Strava is, uh, you know, Joe's Turkey Trot 
5K, it's Strava saying it's a 3.0 mile run since it rounds down the full 10th, right? Right. The full 10th, though. That's the. If you had that happen, I mean, I'm talking like one one hundredth, but. Oh, yeah. Like on your watch or whatever, but like Strava. Now you got me questioning. I want to say Strava, like when you look in the feed. Now I got to look. When you look in the feed, it gives you. it just like shows it as a tenth of a mile. Oh yeah, okay. More. I, I'd have to look too. I think if the run's short enough, it, it'll show you. It goes. And my new thing, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I get so much flack over this, but I actually put my watch down to do planks and, and core. And while I do that, it actually measures distance. So I'll have these these activities that show I go like point zero three miles. In reality, my watch hasn't moved, but it's it's still adding on these this distance. So, um, and it irritates the hell out of people I know because I've gotten a lot of negative comments, which is fine. Go ahead and give me your negative comments. I don't care. You don't have to give kudos, but, um, but yeah, the watches just do that, and, and Strava plays along. I won't give kudos for those ones where people are at the gym and it like looks like somebody just scribbled on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about I, i've got one how about have you seen anybody mow their lawn with their watch that doesn't that's sh- that's not right right <laughs> I, I called out a guy who's extremely fast and he holds many uh many segments in this area but he mowed his lawn with his watch on and uh i called him out i recognized it immediately because it was those it was that kind of uh it was zigzaggy but it would it had kind of a purpose to it like it was just back and forth. I'm like, this is lawn mowing. I'm not, I'm not fooled for a second by this. And sure enough, I was right, but no kudos. I did not give kudos for that. I only want my stats to have run miles. I walk a lot. We have a very walkable neighborhood. Uh, the little boy likes going in the wagon, going to the playground and stuff. So I could add probably a couple miles each week if I were to turn on my watch and include all that. But I don't think walking should be included in your running stats. Of course, anybody can do what they want, but I I don't think that should count. Well, I agree, but you can call it a run, can't you? I mean, you can change the setting to run. That's all. It's a walk. walk. Okay. Because I've, uh, I would, I've walked and, I want credit for like walking my dog. When I walk my dog, I'd love to know how far I walk my dog and, and, Strava it up. I've even suggested to Strava before. They should make an activity out of dog walking or, or, or pet walking, I suppose. I don't want to be dog centric, but I've got a pretty um, old watch and walk isn't an option. So is it on the watch itself that you choose walk or can you change a run to a walk in Strava? You can change a run to a walk in Strava. Seems like too much work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You have to be dedicated to your uh, to your record keeping, I suppose. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of work. I mean, there's a drop down menu and everything. It's it's amazing. The only thing I get from my walks is the steps, which I I care about for some reason, and I don't I don't even track those besides what the watch tells me and tracks. But I always like to hit those steps goals, and and that's all the walking does. But that is not. This is not walking buds. This is running buds. Uh, before we transition away from Strava, we do have a Strava task. Did you see this in our email, Steve? No, sorry. Tell me about it. Okay, our friend of the show, a good running bud of mine, um, was a guest actually on the Glass City episode. Scott Daw moved yeah. to North Carolina. Um, I'm going to say the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. I mean, he's driving distance to Charlotte, but dude's out in the country. And um, so he decided to make a bunch of segments. And I thought this was kind of sweet. He texted us all his running buds in Salt Lake City, and he made some segments and he named them after us. (laughs) It's a nice tribute, yeah. He reserved two segments they're currently called running buds a and running buds b and i think he gave us just carte blanche to name these uh bad boys uh so i replied uh we're on it you know we got the research and we're gonna name these two um this is just an audio medium so i'm just gonna have to describe these segments and uh i don't have them in front of me so this is based on memory but there's two of them 
I want to say one is like 1.7 miles long and the other one is 2.8 miles long. We'll start with the 1.7. Uh, it's a loop. Uh, it's um, almost like a teardrop of sorts, uh, but it starts and ends at the only right angle 90 degree corner uh, that this has. So um, it's as if you had a teardrop, but at the top where the most rounded or raindrop, but the most rounded part, it actually has a corner. Then the rest, it's only three roads, sort of a triangle. Uh, and the roads are strawberry fields or something. No, not strawberry fields. That's a Beatles song. Uh, strawberry lane, uh, tight. It's T-I-T-E. That could be pronounced titty. I'm not sure. And then uh, Polk Ford, as in the two presidents, uh, Polk, P-O-L-K, and Ford. Now, Strava recommends or suggests that you name your segments kind of after what they're on or where they go uh, to make it easier for people. Um, we can do that if we want, uh, or we can name it just whatever the heck we want. Um, do you have a preference, Steve? Well, I mean, I, obviously I've, I'm latching onto the, this whole titty thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. uh I've I mean, I'm a, not married to the idea. I mean, I'm a big fan of the presidents Polk and Ford as well. I'm two of my yeah. favorites. Well, just we're we're gonna do these one at a time. But the the second one is entirely on Polk Ford Road. So okay, so we're gonna leave. Okay, we're gonna leave Polk Ford alone. Yeah, and Polk Ford, uh, I immediately think PF as in PF Changs, but you know that's the way my mind works. Uh, but I'd like to use this. I mean, Scott is giving us this opportunity. I want I want to do something that would motivate him personally to get this crown and keep this crown. Uh, so I kind of want to put his name in, in it. Um, okay. And I think the names of the roads could be incorporated in that. So this one I thought about a little bit beforehand. And I'm going to call it scotty's strawberry titty poke <laughs> okay you, you can try it how are we, how are we spelling titty um we'll because spell we know that that well, strava spell. has zero tolerance for any kind of chicanery with these uh these stra these segment names so what's wrong with titty I, well nothing to me is that one of is that one of Carlin's seven dirty words? Um I think it's in his secondary. Well, I don't I don't know, but neither was ghetto, so I don't know. I mean I I don't I don't know where the, I don't know what the standard is. Okay, what if we just use the actual names of the the roads then? So Scotty's strawberry. Nothing need to change there. Scotty's strawberry. I like the alliteration. Scotty's strawberry tight polk. Okay, I like that. Pronounce it as we want. Do we throw two T's? Well, a third T. T-I-T-T-E to really kind of push the um, how we want it pronounced. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think even when you type it out, I believe you can, if you hold your finger on the E, you might be able to make a little long E type of situation. So. Oh, okay. You know so what I'm saying? Yeah. Do we change the poke to a poke then? Titty poke, yeah, strawberry titty poke. <laughs> hey, I, I'm I'm against, I'm not against trying it. So I mean, let let the chips. Let, why don't we do that and let the chips fall where they may? Strava really scared you with their purge of anything offensive. So you're really yeah, yeah. I'm through. I'm traumatized. Yeah, we'll find a way to make sure it gets through. But okay, I like his name being in there because uh, once your name's in it, you got to keep it right. Yeah. I even thought, you know, making it his wife's name to really motivate him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's 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 a nearby hill that's called Nancy, which is named after the wife of a, a former cross country coach and and that just that's stuck for for all of these years, over twenty years now. This the same hill's been called Nancy. Well but, yeah, I I said that 
I like to, I, I haven't actually created many segments, but I always try and uh, go with the, uh, the gone in 60 seconds movie uh, theme where in that movie, they steal cars and their code name for all the cars is, is girls names. Uh -huh. and, uh, it's a, uh, 1960 some Shelby Mustang is their their main car and that car is named Eleanor and they're always talking about how beautiful Eleanor is how much they want Eleanor and I always thought that was kind of cool so I always try and put a girl's name in uh, each of the segments I have and then also try and make it somewhat descriptive of where or what roads or where the start and stop is so so I have one that's on a boardwalk and I named it Boardwalk Betty just as an example. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, um, I am fascinated that you're, you're inspired creative, creatively by, uh, gone in 60 seconds. Charlie. Well, all of my inspiration open one way or another from a Nicolas Cage film um, or Vin Diesel. He's not in that. He's not. Oh, no, gone in 60. What am I thinking of? What's the, what's, I don't know. You think yeah, that's right. See, that all confuses me. I think cars are stupid, so I don't watch any of those movies, but that's just me. You think cars are stupid? Well, how I do really you... do. Have you how seen you... my cars? Oh, that's true. I mean... <laughs> you don't rock that minivan, Steve. I do rock that minivan, but I mean, there's actually people that... Grown, you still rock that minivan. There are people that spend money to make their car sound differently than it does when they just drive it off the lot. That to me is, is like one of like a crime. It's a crime against humanity. I don't understand. I, I have no concept of what's happening in somebody's mind, but just stuff like that. That just drives me nuts. I don't, I don't get it. I think cars, cars are chairs that have wheels to get you places. That's it. That's all it is. Man, anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's a whole nother podcast. You're preaching to the choir. I drive a Subaru Impreza automatic, so I'm clearly beautiful here about cars. Either. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. I won't. Uh, yeah, I could rant. All right. The other segment, though, Charlie, the other segment, the, the one that's exclusively on Hulk Ford. Let me write down Scotty's strawberry titty poke. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, the next one, it's uh it's like 2.8 miles. It's like all uphill and it's all on Polk Ford Road. I think it starts oh, it. starts on a at like a pond and finishes at a church. Okay. Uh, I don't know if there's any reason to include those maybe. Uh but yeah, and it's all on Polk Ford Road. Any um, idea? I do have ideas actually. Well, Polk and Ford, I mean, the more to go to be more, more casual would be to use their first names, which I believe it was James Polk and, and Gerald Ford. So yes, yes. Jim is. and Jerry Hill. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Jim and Jerry Hill. Damn, Steve, you are good. Man, I'm fast when it comes to, yeah, I can name oh. segments as long as, I'm not offensive, but yeah, I can name segments pretty well. They were meaning the presidents because those two presidents are like decades apart, right? I want to say Polk is like one of the first 12 presidents. And Ford, <laughs> I have no idea. Not that far ago, so not that long ago. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy? Jerry was, uh, Gerald yeah. Ford was uh, in the, what, 70s? And he, he was, he was the uh, Nixon successor after the impeachment yeah he was early 70s but polk was like pre-civil war so i think it might be a coincidence the name of this road but it's not a coincidence for the name of the segment we just made Jimmy no it is not at all i i think we better fact check that james polk is actually his name i don't really i think that's his first name but i could be dead oh, wrong man. it could be it could be hiram for all i know or it would be really funny if it's not because I thought of this without looking it up before we recorded because I was thinking how it's two presidents. And I was like, what are their first names? And Gerald Ford, we know. That's that's for sure. We got that one locked up. I'm pretty sure it's James Polk. I thought of the name James completely independent of your thinking. So I kind of hope it's wrong now just because I'm <laughs> – that we independently be ignorant of, of basic u.s history 
What if it's something? We really should know our presidents, Charlie. I mean, that's that is civics one hundred and one. But I hope we have a completely wrong, like not a single correct letter, like George or something. That'd be great. George. <laughs> All right, Scott, that's it. Uh, you can change those from running buds A and running buds B to uh, Scott Strawberry Titty Poke and uh, is it Jim or Jimmy? Oh, we got, I like Jimmy. Jimmy and Jerry's. Jimmy Jim- and Jerry's Hill. Okay, perfect. All right. Beautiful. You better get both of them, Scott, and keep them. Yes, Scott. And you better make sure runners run them or they just disappear. That's another little fun Strava quirk that if not enough people run these segments, they just disappear off the map. Uh, I'll, I'll have to go visit him so then it gets a little more traction. That'll Deal. help. I'm going to take it from him. Especially take away his titty poke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Maybe I, man, I'm, I'm dying right now, and this weather is not helping. And now I'm about to have a baby. I may never get another crown ever again. I got <laughs> to get this bird poop loop taken care of pronto before this baby comes, at least. All right. Well, it sounds like you need to get healthy first. Yeah. All right, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about, Steve, and it's the big running news. Do you have any idea what it might be? We did not zero. a clue. Um, oh, well, the pot user, the the chick that used the pot. Yes, last yeah, time okay. about the Olympian who's not able to compete because, according to her, she ate a tainted burrito. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the more I think about it, the less I believe her story. But even if she was telling the truth and it was truly a food truck taco pork burrito that is barring her. I made the comment of um, she should have known better than to put anything in her body that might um, sacrifice or risk her ability to compete. Uh, Then in the news, uh, the very charismatic uh, captured the heart of America, Shikari uh, Richardson, hundred meter, Uh, women's winner fiery orange hair after qualifying winning the race and uh, she ran up to the stands to hug her grandmother a really heartfelt story how her mom just passed away and just uh, is great on the microphone really had I feel like was the the main face of the U.S. Olympic team going into the Olympics uh, wow you're really you're really all in on this yeah I thought that that was sort of the the pulse of the olympics you know a week or two ago yeah uh, just, no it is i'll give you that from my perspective if they don't go around the track once i really have no interest i don't i don't consider it anything I, okay. I i fast forward through all, all the sprint events if they don't go around the track once but but yeah she was uh she was definitely uh a, um a figure to be acknowledged I'll put it that way well, she was definitely highlighted on espn more than than any other athlete um and she kind of became sort of part of the what is it zeitgeist uh it was like just part of pop culture was talking about this awesome runner with the long nails and the crazy hair who gr- hugged her grandma and is super fast but well anyway, what happened, she um she tested positive for uh marijuana which uh, actually barred her from competing in the Olympics. Uh, marijuana is considered a performance-enhancing drug, um, much to the shock of myself and, and many others, um, and that's keeping her from doing the, the Olympics. She could have joined the relay team if the U.S. team invited her to, which kind of made sense because she is the fastest 100-meter American female at the moment. Uh, but they decided not to. Um, people are citing that that would have been unprecedented, that there's never been a member of a relay team that wasn't already at the Olympics for another event and that uh, she can't even practice with the team until like a day or two before the competition. So just um, the handing off of the batons and stuff is something that needs to be kind of drilled in and practiced. So whatever yeah. reason. She's, she's out. Um, and yeah, I, I said last time how it's sort of implied a lack of discipline to be eating these food truck tacos that might get you barred. 
I think um, marijuana is much more intentional unless she tried to give some kind of excuse that she didn't know this brownie was what it was, which actually happened <laughs> to me, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she just owned it and seems to be just taking this, um, uh, this, this punishment and, sort of moving on but i don't know yeah I, i'm fine with it it's it's a dumb rule i mean i'm not fine it's a dumb rule obviously it's a it's an idiotic rule it's it's not an, a performance enhancing drug quite the opposite um she she uses pot at her own expense and so it's a dumb rule um it's a rule but it is a rule and she should no known. i agree it is a rule so i'm not i'm not arguing with the reality of the outcome, but it's a stupid rule, especially in light of um, other athletes that compete that, especially in the women's division, I won't get into the more political spin, but there are athletes that compete in the women's games that are destroying, in my opinion, the women's competition because they used to be men and they are at a huge advantage over women that are biological women. And okay. I think that's far more destructive to the, I would, I would not worry about anybody that smoked pot competing against other women before I would worry about the New Zealand weightlifter that is a biological man competing against other women. Oh God, Steve, this is a, uh... We did not. We did not talk about that. I. I was like, oh, he's not going to go into transgender, is he? He's not going to go. Oh, into- I am. I will. That's. Uh, I mean, that's. That's the the truth of the matter. They're telling a woman she can't compete because she did pot, which isn't really anything that's helping her run a hundred meters. It would only hurt her from running a hundred meters. Nobody. But at the same time. Any what? reasons how it is a performance enhancing drug? No. Here. I mean, no, it's, it's not. But she, I mean, she shouldn't have done it. Obviously, she should not have done it. And even she, she admitted, and she's actually, I think she's really not making much of an issue of it. I'm kind of surprised that it's not more of a, she's not raising more of a stink and leading more of a charge to have it reexamined because it's, it's illegal. And I don't know how many states it's, is hot use legal now, which is a whole nother discussion, but it's, it's not the what what's the word i mean it's 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 lost it's, some of it uh it, um, i would i would not want to run i would probably just want to watch a movie and order a pizza yeah exactly it's not help it's, it doesn't help you it's not performance enhancing you're not being helped so but since you brought up the uh the transgender thing i guess what i'll say is um muscle mass helps yeah the i'm incredibly supportive of transgender people i I am too i think that and i'm not not, i'm not implying that you weren't by this but i i just i think everyone should be able to live their life uh without impediment and judgment and uh there's just far too many people that you know feel that they're not able to live their life to the fullest in the gender they were born and uh, my heart breaks. I don't. I don't have any disagreement. But you're competing against biological women. That isn't the I, same as living your life, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when it comes to athletic competition, there is a reason it's men versus. It's not men versus women. There's a men's uh, leagues and competitions and women's. And just like, look at the stats. I mean, uh, Shikari Richardson her time would not would come in last place at the Olympics. Um, so like there, there are some, some differences at the, the very most elite levels and it's, it's not in every level. Like look at ultra running uh, the Courtney, what's her name uh, has won several ultra events. Uh, but when it comes to many, many sports, there is a huge advantage phys- physically for men versus women. And, true allowing uh, transgender and i understand that there's certain testosterone thresholds that you have to be below um that would be comparative to um i don't even know the word for naturally born women etc but it just doesn't doesn't seem doesn't seem right that um those with you know 
these physical uh, advantages are, are able are able to compete. And we yeah. I talked about this with some friends, and they were all like, "What's it going to take? Like the entire podium being exclusively trans uh, gender women." across many events and i was like or like one boxing match <laughs> that might uh make things a little more uncomfortable but i really do I mean, with it's all valid and, I, and i'm coming from the perspective of the the fairness for the the women that are competing you know there's there are women that are finishing second to to people that are i mean people that deserve every right in the world except competing in the Olympics isn't necessarily a right and competing against biological women when you are at a physical advantage from, you know, your, your, your biology against them. So somebody's finishing second. Somebody worked really hard to finish second. That's where the line is drawn for me. I, I, I pray that uh, transgenders have all the rights they could possibly want except agreed athletic competition agreed everybody should live their best life but um i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna stay off email for the next two weeks you can handle all the hate mail (laughs) i don't i don't think we'll get much maybe we will um i thought we were going to talk about sprinters versus distance runners uh, but i don't know if we can come back to that can we can we we there's plenty of time that's that's always a topic so it's so funny to me that sprinters and marathon runners are both considered runners but it could not be different more different sports right just like the intensity the time the training what would you rather be uh steve if you could win a gold medal at the olympics in either the marathon with a hundred meter sprint, which one would you choose? Oh, marathon, definitely, Charlie. Yeah, the marathon is still cool, just because it's it so is. long. You wouldn't want to just be the fastest person in the on the planet. Period. That's pretty cool. It would be cool, but the training's got to be so boring, though. I bet they lift weights more than they run. Or can you imagine, yeah. like your practice? Like our practice for running is a 12 mile run that could be through the mountains or something. Whereas theirs is like two hours of practicing getting out of the blocks or handing the baton off. I know. Um, yeah. No, thank you. I, I, I don't like, I don't like running on the track enough to ever want to be a sprinter in any way. I, I love being out running, running long distances and, and seeing the world, but you're, you're confined to a track once you start sprinting in a, in a weight room and no thanks. I don't, I don't need that. Here's a real question then, Steve, would you rather look like an Olympic marathoner or an Olympic sprinter? Um, I'm going to still go with marathoner. You are full of it. No. Oh my gosh. This is literally like a meme online of just like these jacked 0% body fat, muscular eight pack, sprinters who are like the absolute zenith of athletic ability next to us gangly uh skeleton with skin uh wrapped around it marathon runners i think kipchoge is sexy he is a very sexy man and i'm sure he's he's very happy he does quite well i'm sure he's (laughs) kipchoge is um he's a good looking guy but uh yeah okay man wow all right this is a steve you're a real committed i am uh running podcast host you uh you're all about your uh your marathoners and the marathon distance i am i do have to interrupt quickly my dog is barking you may be able to hear this but i'm sitting outside my dog has found a snake skin and is barking at it as if it's a snake so. All right. Well, I think that's a good indication to wrap this one up then. Yeah. Um, should we name this one uh, Irritability, Transgender Athletes, and Your Dog Eating a Snake? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I he is going nuts. This is funny. <laughs> name this episode uh, Scotty Strawberry Titty Poke. I think that's going to be <laughs> the name. And we can name our podcast anything, so I'm going to spell titty the right way. Well, I'm going to throw out a song, Charlie. What is it? 
I have a good song I, I thought of even 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 I'm prepared even before we started podcasting. But um, I'm going to go with Oasis, reminding myself of my run today, my angry run. And Oasis had the song. Love the song. Classic. Don't look back in anger. Don't look back in anger from Oasis. Good way to go out. Uh, no band hates each other more than that band, and they're related. No, they don't. Oasis. No, they, they even hate other bands. I know uh, the lead singer, Liam Gallagher, moved out of his house because James Blunt lived too close and he couldn't stand the thought of James Blunt writing crap music in his neighborhood. So That's hilarious. That's how, that's how hateful they are. He is an irritable guy. Perfect. <laughs> All right. We are the Running Buds. Uh, send us an email, runningbudspodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at Running Buds Podcast and Ron Strava at Running Buds Podcast. Uh, give us a follow on any of those or send us an email. We love to hear from you guys. Until next time. See you around. Morning, buds. <laughs>